Your property podcast comes to you with thanks to our friends at Trafalgar Square Finance, leading independent specialists in mortgages and all types of property finance. Whether it's buy-to-let, development or bridging finance, Trafalgar Square can help you organise your funding for your next property project. Exclusively to listeners of Your Property Podcast, Trafalgar Square offer a free one-to-one consultation. So whether you are a portfolio landlord looking to raise funds on your existing portfolio, or if you're just starting out and want to find out if you are eligible for a buy-to-let mortgage, Trafalgar Square Finance can help. It's easy to book with one of their experienced consultants by simply visiting yourpropertynetwork.co.uk forward slash finance. You can find this link in the show notes for more details. Hello and welcome to Your Property Podcast. With us today, we have got Louise Dow. Hi, Louise. Hi, Michelle. How are you? Really well, thank you. Thank you for coming today. And um, I'm just going to do a, a bit of an introduction about your uh, your company and you know what we're going to talk about today. And then we will come back to find out a bit more about yourself. So, uh, Louise, you are the owner of Kiero. So that's spelt K-Y-E. Kiero.com, and it is the leading online platform for UK buyers looking to um, buy European overseas property. So since it was established in 2003, it has helped almost 50,000 people to buy an overseas property in Europe. And Kiero is the largest uh, has the largest selection of overseas property of any of the foreign property focused UK portals. So that's quite a mouthful. Um, <laughs> so basically, people buy uh, property through yourselves, um, overseas property. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. So we we connect um, kind of international buyers to overseas properties. Um, so you might be in the UK looking to buy in Spain. Um, or you might be French looking to buy in Portugal. Okay. Um, so it's, it's that sort of network. Um, we set the company up originally when my, my husband and I moved to Spain in the early 2000s. And uh, we'd kind of, like most people had had enough of the rat race, wanted to escape um, and move to Spain. And very early days of the internet, um, no website. So you had to go from one estate agent to the other. We also made a terrible property purchase we were uh, a bit like most people full of kind of excitement we bought a plot of land in the middle of nowhere hoping to um, start an almond farm and of course it was it was a terrible purchase and we got some bad um, and rather non-legal advice so we saw the need there was no websites and there was a need to really help foreign buyers who don't know the market don't understand the country don't know how how it all works Um, and that's why we that's why we set up Kiero. Yeah, I don't think you were the only one. <laughs> There's a wave of people buying Bulgarian apartments and things. Yeah, yeah, that time. lots of it. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So, Kiero, then, why why that name? Where does that come from? Kiero, uh, so Kiero in Spanish means I want or I love. So it's a play, um, a, a play on that word. Right. Um, Spanish people, when they text, instead of putting a Q-U, obviously, uh, they would just use a K because it's, it's shorter. So um, it came from that. And yeah, our our kind of mission is to help people find their sunshine, to find a property that they love, to find a new life that they love. Um, And that's what we do. Um, We've we've so we started in Spain um, and over the years we've expanded to four countries. So we now have um, not far short of a million properties in Spain, Portugal, France and Italy. 
uh, from around about 8,000 estate agents. Um, and we're, we're helping foreign buyers buy in a country that they don't necessarily know that much about. Okay. So there's, um, so you're doing both sort of British buyers in the European countries and vice versa. So um, who predominantly do you deal with? Is it mainly British buyers looking to move to Spain or um, I can't imagine there's many Spanish people want to go and live uh, up north in, in the UK. But they're, they're actually, well, I mean, yeah, we don't have those stats because we don't have properties in the UK. Right, but okay. uh, we do have plenty of Spanish people in the UK um, right. working with us. So, yeah, there are, there, are, there are lots lots of that. Predominantly, I think still we're, we're we uh, predominantly we've got British buyers looking to buy in Spain. Um, but we've, we've seen lots of changes over the year. France and Italy are fairly new markets for us, so we haven't got a lot of statistics on that. Right. Um, but yes, predominantly um, Brits buying in Spain, but we've seen quite a change over the past couple of years in the demographic, um, yeah. nationalities, age, all of that. So I can go into that in more detail. Yeah, I'm sure. So, you know, you know, we could go back or how's, how's things changed over the past 10 years, but, re- but obviously with everything with COVID and Brexit, you know, let's just stick to the past two years or so, because that really, I'm sure, has shaken everything up for you. And yeah. um, it's not, you know, it, it's been one of my dreams to have a, a property abroad in either France or Spain. And my background is um, I'm a linguist. So I, I taught French and Spanish and lived in France and Spain for many years yeah. uh, when I was younger. So um, but kind of with this, you know, with everything that's happened, I've just thought, well, how is that going to be possible now? And it's just kind of been put to the back of my mind. Um, so are people still looking to move? Obviously they are, but, you know, with, with Brexit mainly, you know, I know COVID's got its own challenges, but, um, you know, visas and all that kind of thing. I'm not sure where to start. <laughs> um, <laughs> Go on. I think the bottom line is, yes, definitely. Actually, we're seeing more people wanting to move than ever before. Um, this year has started really, really strongly for us. Um, we're generating something like 40 percent more inquiries um, this year across the site than we did last year Um, so we're getting more buyers they seem to be more serious we can see the different activity that they're making on the site so um, they're more serious less less tire kickers and interestingly we're seeing actually a a rise in the in the slightly younger age group whereas Mm. before we had more kind of retirees um, we've seen a rise in the 35 to sort of 44 age group Um, they in the past year have gone up by 42 percent so a lot of people uh, I think possibly gone through COVID gone through lockdown and when um life's too short I uh, a bit like you've just said I've been thinking of this for years and um I'm not going to put it off any longer um and and I think through COVID we've all kind of been reviewing our lives and wondering what what do we want to do so I think we've seen some of that January this year was up 31 percent on last year um, and we always get a spike on rainy days. So. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think the other um, difference and thing that's happened through COVID and over the past t- two years is if people have, have found an increased sort of flexibility in their lives and they've realised that they um, can work from home, they can actually work from anywhere. Um, so the, there's a whole rise of the, the digital nomad and um, people... Uh, being able to live in Spain, France, Portugal, and yet carry on working um, 
as they have been. So yeah, we've seen some of that reflected in our in our kind of trends. Well, I'm glad I still count as in the younger age group. <laughs> so that's that's reassuring. <laughs> uh, there's still time. So even though people's lives have changed in the UK and they're more flexible, how does that work with the visas? Um, because like, like I say, when, when I was 18, I moved to France and, you know, I was there for three years and, I, you know, that, that it was very easy to do that. And there wasn't a second thought about, yeah. about how long I could stay there for. So how long can you live in? France and Spain for now with the visas I haven't looked into it at all yeah there are, there are definitely a lot more challenges since Brexit for the for the British buyers particularly um but there are there are ways around it so um um, we've got lots of information on our site I'm going to say that first of all because there are some complications and I'm, there's no way um I don't understand all of it for all of the countries and I don't want to try and I, I could take hours on the podcast and we're talking about all the details, but we've got the information on our site. So, you know, I, please do refer to that. Um, Spain and Portugal, for example, do, do something called a golden visa. So if you spend a certain amount of money on a property there, um, you can automatically go and live there. So in Spain, oh, okay. for example, I think it's um, half a million, it's five 500,000 euros on a property, but you can buy more than one property. So you could, mm. you could spend less and buy a, a few properties and rent them out. Um, they're also about to introduce um, a digital nomad visa so for people who want to go and work abroad um it's looking like it's likely going to last for 12 months with renewal um possibilities um but uh, we're really hoping that that's going to be kind of formalized sooner rather than later um portugal again they've got um a golden visa it's a it's a different setup to Spain and that it depends where you buy so if you buy in low density area you you spend less you don't you have to spend less money on a property um all all of them have got working visas as well um France have the carte de séjour that you can get if if you want to go and work there um and Italy have something called a long stay visa so um there's, there's there's loads of options um, and there's lots of information. There's also the, the, the rules around the kind of Schengen area uh, and the fact that you can stay up to a maximum of um, 90 days, I think it is, within a 180-day period. Mm-hmm. Again, we've got really in-depth articles on our site. Okay. Um, I'm the wrong person to <laughs> and talk you through all of those details. No, no, right but now. do you think people are actually looking to live there permanently long-term or are people quite happy to have a second home that they spend, uh, you know, perhaps a mini retirement there, you know, three couple of months at a time. Um, or I, I heard the word uh, workation rather than a staycation, a workation the other day, which I quite liked. Yeah. Um, so, uh, you know, where are people's tendencies going towards? Yeah, I, I think there's I think people's tendencies are very much changing. I think that's reflected in the age group that we're seeing looking that, you know, actually uh, there's not so many people looking to go and retire and live there um, permanently. They might be looking to go uh, and, and work there for a bit or um, hard to say. I mean, you could say um, a younger age group, they've got a family, so maybe they are looking to locate abroad, in which case probably the golden visa would work for them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And, and which locations, obviously, uh, you know, you're more familiar with Spain, but is it still Costa del Sol or, <laughs> um, you know, the, this kind of 
love affair with the British expats moving over. Um, yes, I mean our, our statistics definitely we we get more interest in the in the kind of traditionally sort of touristy or expat areas. So the coastal areas always are popular, always have been popular um, in Spain. Costa Blanca cheaper than Costa del Sol, um, but 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 very very popular. And the islands as well, of course, the Balearics, Mallorca. Um, and the Canary Islands are, are popular. In, in Portugal, um, Algarve is, is about three times as popular as the rest of Portugal. Yeah. <laughs> we do see, we've seen real interest in places like Lisbon and Porto, where, where people are, are looking to, to probably do the, the digital nomad thing or, or go and work abroad. Um, interestingly, we've seen quite an increase in Americans looking in Portugal as well over the past um, two years. It sort of started with the um, Trump presidency right. and has <laughs> kind of increased since then. So, and France is the same. Um, the Côte d'Azur and Provence um, Alpes-Maritimes is, is at least twice as popular as the rest of the country. And, and then traditional places like Dordogne. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And presumably places that are, have easy access to airports as well. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Uh, and, and, you know, there's some people who who want to be where, the, where they can speak their own language, where there's kind of a, an expat community. And then there are also other people who are, who are avoiding that, you know, and particularly want to be inland and things. So we, we see a bit of everything. Um, one thing we do provide on, on the site, we've got a really wonderful um, selection of resources and advice. Uh, and that includes a, a location guides. So we can give uh, the buyer some advice about, you know, location, what, airports, accessibility, weather, climate, all of that stuff, schools, things like that. Okay. And how about um, investors who are looking to have, you know, sort of investment property? They don't necessarily want to live there or even work there, but maybe they want to either have it just as a um, hands off investment property or the one that they could use sort of airbnb style where they can book their own holidays and the re- it's rented out the rest of the year uh, is that something you're seeing more of um we can't tell because we, we can't tell right, what okay. people do with their properties afterwards right. so um I, I can't really answer that yeah. question i'm afraid so. there is there is yeah. and um so what do you think you know obviously we've got to you know just win march uh 2022 now and there's not much of this new data let's call it from the past two years to go on but what are the trends for the next you know for the rest of the year that you're predicting I think we're we're predicting continued um kind of really strong interest um I don't think the love affair of um Brits in Spain and actually northern Europeans and warmer climates is going to go away anytime soon, um, despite Brexit and the different challenges. And I think we're we're going to see a real increase in confidence from from buyers as we slowly sort of coming out of COVID. There's a lot more travel, um, and um, I mean, property Spain's in sale in. Property sales in Spain last year uh, were at record levels since 2007. Um, so people are buying 12.5% of those sales are um, to foreign investors or buyers. Um, so I don't think that's going to go away. Um, for our site particularly, we'll see an increase in um, the new countries that we cover. So France, Italy um and yeah i th- I, th- I think we we're 
predicting a busy year. Um, and that's the message we're getting from estate agencies. Is they're, they're very, very busy and properties are selling. Right. And how do you see, you know, people who, let's say they did buy 10, 20 years ago uh, and when there was issue, issues with Spain, for example, where, you know, the, the, they went through a recession in Spain and uh, people lost properties. Um, is there still like a nervousness around that? I don't think I don't think so. We're not seeing that at all. Um, uh, um, I think that's very kind of old news. Um, and yeah, I know there were lots of stories, weren't there, in the sort of mid two thousands about um, difficult purchases and, and problems. But the Spain has really kind of sorted through that, and um, I, we we haven't seen or heard any any of those sort of problems recently. No, not yeah, at all. that's good to hear. And I guess that you know, as you say, the younger people coming up, it, they won't be, they won't have kind of gone through that anyway. Um, so, and, and Spain has got. I mean, not to, to kind of harp on about Spain, but Spain has got a really really strong internet um kind of accessibility and um the, yeah the very online is is quite um it the, the fast internet put, put it that way so it's a great place for kind of digital no bads and there are cities such as valencia that are kind of really exciting and and really buzzing places to be so yeah uh, yeah and what about the property prices because you know 20 years ago the you know they were uh, it was very attractive because they were so cheap are they still sort of cheaper in comparison to the uk market yes yeah i mean we we haven't seen a huge increase in price over the last few years so i think prices went up maybe sort of one percent in oh, wow. spain in the, in the last year so yeah um you know compared to prices going up so quickly and so high in the uk um spain hasn't and is still yeah it's still a great place to to buy property i think so if you had to pick a sort of an example of a typical property and i i appreciate people are after all sorts of different things but is there a is there a kind of property that you could pick out and say well this this type of villa costs this much in this location or um just... i couldn't i'm afraid it's <laughs> too much choice variety, honestly yeah. i mean you can spend um sort of fifty thousand euros in one location probably very inland um right. and then you can spend for a villa yeah. so that's no, but... really really difficult to to say i think our, the average kind of property price that we have people most people looking at around about 150 200 euros what would that get you in, um, so let's say they've got 150,000 to spend will that get you a pool or by the beach or in a, in a decent location it can do um it really does depend on the location so um i'm gonna i'm gonna throw <laughs> it back at the site and say have a look have a look website. see what's there some searching yeah. you know you can search by price um you can search and, and then you've got the location guys that give you a bit of information mm-hmm. about that but you know we've got uh i think it's coming up for three hundred thousand properties at least oh, in okay. spain so plenty yeah. plenty of choice mm-hmm. um and you know you can search and filter so Right. And uh, dare I ask about the uh, the administration process and, you know, buying a house in the UK is hard enough with solicitors and all that kind of thing. But, it, you know, when you're dealing with Spanish solicitors and a you know, foreign language, um, how do people navigate that? Is, it, uh, is there any kind of support from yourselves that you can point people in the right direction or? Yeah. Um, Definitely. We've got lots of um, information and, and guides and how to buy and legal, um, how, the, how the legals work in Spain um, and, and France and the, and the other countries on, this, on the site. 
Um, so we've also got some interesting um, podcasts. So we, we've done a podcast with interviews with people who've already purchased. So right. I'll say, um, um, give some examples of how they might do it differently next time, what they've right. learned. <laughs> they're, they're always kind of an interesting thing to listen to. But also we did a um, Ask, the Exp- Ask the Experts series. Um, and there is um, a chat with some, some lawyers and things like that. So really yeah, lots of useful advice on the site. Um, I keep talking about Spain. Most of the content on the site at the moment that's live is about Spain. And we're about to add all of that content for France, Italy and Portugal. Yeah. And that should be live over the next month. So, yeah. And do you have uh, preferred solicitors in the UK that um, do they need to be able to speak the language or do they just send it off and there's a translation process either here or in the UK and in, in abroad? Again, we we don't work with um, we don't work with any solicitors, so there aren't any firms that we recommend. But yes, there are there are definitely um, companies of solicitors in the UK who specialise in um, buying property in Spain. Um, in the in the more kind of better known resorts and the coastal areas, there there are there are um, English English solicitors or English speaking solicitors. They're very used to it. They've been right. doing this for years. Um, and um, all things being equal, just get a, a translator. There'll be someone who can help you translate. So yeah, but always get legal advice and, and always make sure you understand the legal advice that you're getting. Absolutely. And uh, how about yourself? Are you still living in Spain then? No, we moved. Um, we moved back to the UK um, just after the recession. Actually, um, we um, we had a wonderful time, but we we our, our parents were getting older, so it was time to kind of we needed to be back and, and around here for them. Um, and it was an interesting time for us because we we had an office in Spain, so we set the company up in Spain. We had an office and a team. Um, and after the recession, we kind of downsized. We had to um, look at how you were, we were running the business and we all went remote then. So um, we were in a great position two years ago when COVID hit. We, we'd been working remotely for, for um, over 10 years. So we, we knew how to do it. Our team is all remote. So we're all, we're all based throughout Europe and all of us have, have been there, done that. So all of us have moved abroad, whether it's from Poland to Portugal or uh, the UK to Spain. So we've, we've got a real kind of sense of what people need and the help that they need to kind of uh, walk them through this process. Do, where, where do you think people get stuck on? So, you know, they, they want to, they've got the money, they want to do it. Okay, they might be a bit overwhelmed with all the different options, you know, plenty of places to live, but let's say they choose one and they go forward. Um, you know, do you find that people get stuck in a certain area that they shouldn't do necessarily? It's just a kind of, fear of moving forward with with a certain uh, point in the process I think there's a real fear there I think when you're moving to a country that you don't know with a language that you don't speak um, it's it's very exciting but it can also be very very scary uh, and uh, that's something we've tried to do on Kiero is provide some information for people that helps them make the right decisions um, and choose the right agents uh, and gather all the information that they need so they feel confident to buy um, and move abroad and kind of get a sense for what it's going to be like when they do that so yeah I think the biggest thing is 
fear and yeah. kind of generating that trust and and not listening to all the awful stories that you heard in the 2000s <laughs> well it's great if you've got case studies of people who've gone ahead and actually bought it and you know it, okay might be challenging but they you know they've done it and they've made it happen and uh exactly they want for themselves, and so. interestingly i think nearly all of them said you know their main piece of advice was just do it if you've been thinking about it for years um do it um it might seem scary but it's not and make sure you get the right advice and and get the right legal advice okay um one final question because uh you know a lot of what we do with ypn is about creative ways of purchasing property and um you know for example making offers below market value is that something that you know the spanish agents are open to or used to you know would you make a an offer that's a bit more creative or um a bit of a cheeky offer it's not something that I can advise on um, because I haven't really been doing that for a long time. But yeah, I mean, why not? I think I think um, the estate agents are estate agents, and a, and a property sale is always is always a negotiation. I think so. Yeah, uh, yeah, why not? Yeah, why not? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I guess it uh, depends whether it's how hot the market is and how much you want the property. It's it totally depends on where you are, where you're looking, uh, which the property. You know, there because there are certainly areas, particularly on the coast that you know there's a limited supply um so yeah you need to weigh up um yeah I, I think i would also say you know research prices and compare prices on a site like Kiero so you can see whether you're getting a good deal or whether you should you you, you think it's worth making a cheeky yeah. offer so <laughs> Oh well, uh, I'm very excited. I'll be uh, I'll be back on the top of my list now, <laughs> having a look at different places. That's uh, right. it's very reassuring to hear, anyway. That um, you know, it's the dream's still on. We don't have to to put that to the sidelines. Um, totally. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time. Where can we find out You're more welcome. about you know your on your socials or the, obviously the website? Yeah, we're, yeah, yeah. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Um, probably the best place is kiero.com um we've got a, a mobile friendly site too um and as i say there's a there's a whole section of kiero um so kiero.com slash guides and you've got all the information about how to uh, and all of the help that you need as a, as a foreign buyer looking to buy abroad great well well i'll be filling my instagram feed with uh, <laughs> with sunny <laughs> sunny holidays abroad then um That's well it. thank you very much for your time louise thanks and michelle great to uh, hear from you and for anyone who is not yet a subscriber to the magazine, please click the link in the show notes for your first 30-day free trial. Thanks. Bye-bye, guys. Bye.